The following is an interview with Bethany and Brittany Neely, two of the most prolific athletes to come through Indiana. So buckle in, there are a lot of accolades to get to. Bethany was a 13-time sectional champion, 5-time regional champion, and 8-time state medalist in the 800, 1600, 300-meter hurdles, 4x4, and 4x8. She was a 2-time state champion in the 1600 in 2012 and 2013. Bethany split a 206 anchoring the 4x8 team that set the state record with a time of 8.53, becoming the first team in Indiana to ever break the 9-minute barrier and good enough for U.S. number 9 all-time in high school history. At that same meet, she was awarded the IHSA Mental Attitude Award. The following week, Bethany won the 1600 at the Midwest Meet of Champions with a, with a then state record time of 4.42. Later that summer, Bethany went on to finish runner-up in the 3,000-meter steeplechase at the 2013 USATF Junior Outdoor Nationals and represented Team USA at the 2013 Pan American Junior Games in Columbia. Her time of 10.19 in the event was the fourth best time in U.S. high school history. She also owned the, the best time by a high school athlete that season in the 2,000-meter steeplechase. In total, Bethany broke four state records in a span of 20 days in June of 2013. Bethany finished her running career at Indiana University and then NC State University, where she was a two-time ACC cross-country team champion and member of two top 10 NCAA cross-country team finishes with the Wolfpack. Brittany was a seven-time state medalist, five-time regional champion, 12-time sectional champion, and school record holder in six events, the 200, 400, 800, 4x1, 4x4, and 4x8. Brittany was the 2013 800-meter state champion during her senior year, running a time of 207.91 to break the Indiana State meet record. She split 207 as the third leg on the 2013 4x8 state champion relay team that ran 853. Brittany was named the 2013 Indiana Gatorade Player of the Year. Brittany placed third in the 800 at the 2013 USATF Junior Nationals by running a then-state record time of 206.68. This performance qualified her as a Team USA alternate for the 2013 Pan American Junior Games in Columbia. During her senior year, Brittany also ran 450 in the 1600, making her the sixth-fastest miler in Indiana history. Brittany and Bethany both competed for Eastern High School's basketball team, Brittany was named the IHSA Mental Attitude Award winner at the 2013 IHSA 2A State Championship Basketball Game. This made them the first set of sisters in Indiana history to win IHSA Mental Attitude Awards in different sports. Brittany finished her running career at Indiana University and then Indiana State University, where she was a multiple-time conference champion. Bethany, Brittany, and I cover a lot in this episode, but focus on being a multi-sport athlete and what it took to succeed in all three sports. Being a year younger and about an hour away, I didn't get to see them race much while we were in high school together, but I remember hearing about these sisters up north who were running almost as fast as I was. Uh, it was cool to be able to interview them almost 10 years later, kind of a full circle moment. I uh, enjoyed the conversation a lot, and I think they had a lot of valuable things to say. Um, as always, I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, I give you Bethany and Brittany Neely. Brittany and Bethany, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. All right. We are going to start, like we always do, with a little tear talk. Uh, this week is going to be best breakfast food. 
Do you guys want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first. All right. Um, so if I go to any breakfast place, I'm like getting a, an egg sandwich like every time, basically. But I like took this, I, w- I almost went like one or two ways, like doing like more like broad dishes or like specific ingredients. I went more specific ingredients, but take it as you will. So number three is eggs. I feel like you can use that for anything, you know, like obviously a big component of the egg sandwich, but I don't know, just a staple of the breakfast, breakfast category. Uh, number two is the waffle. I'm big waffle over pancakes guy. I think I like the, the sturdiness of the waffle. You can put the butter in the, the little squares, you know, just a lot of, uh, I don't know, you can use it in a lot of different ways. And then number one is bacon. Uh, there was a, I think I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade and my family was building a new house and we had to stay in this like extended stay hotel in Indy and they had unlimited bacon at like the breakfast, uh, like bar or whatever. And I was like, still, it was maybe like late winter. So I was still in school. And so my dad and I would wake up early and go get the breakfast. And then he would take me to school, but like every morning I have like 30 pieces of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. Um, have you guys ever had pork belly? I love it. It's my favorite taco. Well, pork belly taco? That sounds amazing. So good. Okay. Or taco. I think that's who has them. Nice. Wait, what'd you say it's called? Bar taco. Okay. Is that Nindy? I don't know. I don't okay. think it is yet. Nice. That sounds good. But that's like uh like bacon on steroids. I had I had some uh this past Wednesday. It's so good. But yeah, those are those are my top three. So whoever wants to take it next. I'll go next because Brittany's answer is really funny. Um to end it. <laughs> but okay, I'll start with three, like you did. Um hash browns. And this is just Ooh. as like six months ago. I don't know if you have TikTok or not, but um the Trader Joe's hash browns like popped off on TikTok and they live up to the hype. They're so good. Uh, disclaimer, I'm allergic to gluten. So that affects mm-hmm. some of my breakfast options, but the hash browns are gluten-free and they're so good. What makes them um, so good? I think because I haven't eaten hash browns in like five years. Cause okay. I gluten-free, <laughs> And you can pop them in the air fryer. That's what makes them really good mm-hmm. uh, too. And then second is turkey bacon. I'm on like a turkey bacon kick right now. I, I don't hate me, but I'm not the biggest fan of bacon sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. If I eat like a big brunch, I really don't feel well the rest of the day sometimes, (laughs) but I do love breakfast. And then first is eggs um, or eggs slashed the Starbucks egg bites. I'm currently obsessed Mm. with those, but they do. They are the eggs and bacon one, I should say. There we go. Where where do you get good turkey bacon at? Trader Joe's again. Trader Joe's so good. You can throw it in the air fryer. So everything takes like five minutes to make. Have you had their like... uh... It's like ham something something bacon. Is that a, do you ever get like normal bacon? Yeah, we do. I do sometimes. Okay, it's like this like thick. I don't know. It's it's really good. Trader I'll Joe's keep an eye out because we'll we'll run in there next week in Indy. So there you go. That's All right, list. mine 
Mine is going to be really easy. It's pretty much eggs, eggs, and more eggs. Only because I eat, like compared to Bethany, I eat like kind of bland. I would say I just try to make something quick and eggs are so cheap. So sometimes I, I, yeah, I have eggs at least once a day. So it's just eggs, eggs, and eggs? Pretty much. But I something that came to mind when I was prepping for this is like a second place is the gluten-free um, pumpkin pancakes from Trader Joe's. Mm. I get on a kick with those. It seems to be a Trader Joe's trend here, but. Oh, for sure. What, uh, how do you make your eggs? I make them scrambled. Okay. And sometimes so scrambled, scrambled, I also, scrambled? yeah, I do scrambled. But if I'm going into the office that day and I'm running out the door, I grab two hard boiled eggs <laughs> and salt and pepper. <laughs> there you go and that's your whole breakfast nothing else just eggs um it just depends how much time I have but okay. I like like I do the sour bread dough sometimes from Trader Joe's too egg bites from Starbucks yeah just depends there you go I respect the, the simplicity you know what you know what you like it's easy that's cool okay so the the theme of our interview or conversation is going to be jack of all trades master of all you guys um, did a lot while you were in high school and then even in college as well. And we'll get into obviously all of it. But question I have as we uh, open up the conversation is when I was doing a little research on your guys' background, it mentioned that um, you led your team to the state title in basketball or to the state title game in basketball in 2013. Can you talk a little bit about that? What was that experience like? Yeah, that experience was so fun because obviously in basketball, you like have a crowd. It's like a Friday, Saturday night thing as compared to track and cross country. Um, We have, and we'll get, I think, into this a little bit later, but we like played basketball since we were like in first grade. We played on AAU basketball teams when we were in elementary school. So it was like really something that we had always done. Um, My grandpa's house had the basketball um, hoop outside where it's just like, above grass so we always like when we would go out to the barn we like would always start and finish with a game of pig so I feel like basketball was really like our first true love um for a sport but yeah we played all four years and we were both thousand point scorers um which is like something Bethany reminded me about before this so I don't feel like it's that often that you get two thousand point scorers on the same team so obviously that made us really good at basketball and then another fun part of it was I was the point guard our senior year and Bethany took the ball out of bounds. And since we have this like little, we used to have this twin telepathy on the basketball court. Mm -hmm. So we, when people would make a basket, Bethany would like on the move, get the ball out of bounds. It'd be like at half court, I'd be at half court. So we would just like (laughs) our speed translated very well to our success Mm -hmm. in basketball. So we would just like get down the court all the time, super fast. And like, you would think that we were like pretty good shooters, which is like, not true but not untrue we (laughs) just had so many layups and so many free throws and like I was even talking to my fiance about it recently and I was like oh my gosh sometimes we were like moving too fast for our own good on the basketball (laughs) floor and we would just be out of control which is why we we also had a foul problem too because we were just moving too fast we were like commonly in foul Mm. trouble but yeah the run we made our senior year was super fun we um upset Evans or we upset um Fort Wayne Bishop Lures the private school at the Mm -hmm. Warsaw semi-state which was so fun um I actually had 48 points and 20 rebounds that game 
Yeah, it's still a state record. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. Sometimes I'm like, did they give me some of Bethany's points? Yeah. Um, so that was like so fun. And then we got to go down to Terre Haute and play in the state game versus Evansville Modern Day where we didn't play great, but that was fun to go back to Terre Haute because it's where we had just finished up our cross country state championship yeah. in the fall. That's cool. Do you guys still play at all? I will play pickup. Um, my coworkers have started a basketball league and I was telling Brittany, we played for the first time two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not even joking within the first five minutes up and down the court. And it was a little bit smaller court too. Mm -hmm. My heart rate was over 170. I was, <laughs> this is a different level of cardio, but both of our um, partners love to play basketball too. So we'll like shoot around with them. Um, but it's one of my favorite forms of like working out now. I just think it's like such a great workout mm -hmm. without knowing it. Yeah. Do you guys still got it? Like you still, you still play? Talent never dies and you never there lose you your touch in basketball. But I, I'm left-handed actually in basketball and Brittany's right-handed. Um, So that was like a unique part of playing together. Um, I can't touch my right hand now. Like I literally can only go to the left side. Okay. <laughs> nice. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll touch on basketball and kind of balancing running and basketball a little bit more later, but I want to go back to the beginning uh, and how you got your start in running. How'd you get? Yeah. What was the beginning of, of running? So we both agree that it was actually track and field day in elementary school. Like that's when we knew that we had some talent there. Um, but uniquely, I actually ran cross country in sixth grade and Brittany didn't. Um, the reason I did, though, is because our sixth grade teacher was the high school track coach for the guys. Um, he focused on distance, so he just encouraged it. Um, but I think in, in middle school, it was just still like fun and games like we were really talented at the time. But just because like natural talent, not like we were doing some crazy training. Um, it was just there. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. I'd also add, I feel like my mom, like our mom growing up always said we were energizer bunnies and we just like, we're always doing something always on the move. So I don't think it like came as a huge surprise when we like wanted to run. Yeah. Was it always basketball and running? Did you guys play any other sports? So it was actually basketball and softball. Um, a fun fact is Easter in our high school growing up when we were in elementary school, they won the state championship twice. And it was the first state championship in high school history so yeah we played AAU basketball and AAU softball um through elementary school and we kind of like my my grandpa and my mom like were involved in like the softball program and my mom had played softball growing up but then in sixth grade we had to choose between softball or to start running track and we mm. started running track was it a tough decision That's I don't know <laughs> I don't like, remember it a ton but I think it was just we were like so fast and you know when you like do something because you're good at it <laughs> yeah for sure were you, did you guys enjoy it at this point or were you just good at it or both I think we actually loved it more than softball and that was kind of like the determining factor okay were you guys training at all at this point like anything serious or oh uh, we were just showing up to practice and like doing whatever the coach said um I will probably get into this a little bit later but we would just run four events at like every track meet my first event was actually long jump like that's what I would okay. go to like AU nationals for like I thought I was going to be a long jumper and I think Brittany's was like the 400 um so we were just like focusing on the events that we were good at at the time and then in high school kind of turned into like more well-rounded athletes I would say okay 
And then were you kind of like running during running season and playing basketball during basketball season kind of thing? Or did you, were you running year round at all at this point? Just on like the school schedule, um, we'd show Mm -hmm. up to practice and then call it a day. Um, But moving into high school, um, this is actually ironic that we're doing this today because I have records of every year we've ran since high school through college, um, Mm -hmm. which is really awesome to look back on in time um, sometimes. But I shared it with my Valor high school coach a month ago as we're going into this next track season. Um, And we trained a lot more in basketball than I initially thought, um, especially as we got a little bit older in high school. But at the beginning, no, like basketball was the cardio workout. Mm -hmm. um, And that was it until probably like junior, senior year of high school, which is when we really made that big jump from like just being good in Indiana to starting to be on the national level. Yeah, for sure. So knowing like how good you would become in in running, like going back, would you give up like playing other sports to just train? Or do you think there was a lot of value in like playing softball and playing basketball growing up? Absolutely not. Like I always say like going from high school to college, we lost so much 800 speed from not playing Mm. basketball and just focusing on indoor track. Um, And now I see it at the high school level where I'm coaching or just honestly nationwide, like no one's a multi-sport athlete anymore. I I heard Kendra talk about it on her podcast too, where it's like, they're all so focused. It's just a different intensity level than it was 10 years ago. Um, And I wouldn't trade it for the world. I don't want that experience now that I see that my kids are getting versus ours like I think us being multi-sport athletes was honestly like one of the biggest contributors to our success yeah definitely Uh, yeah a hundred percent and like something um worth adding is like we were 10-year 4-H members so we grew up showing livestock so our summers were spent and this was like we were always on the go we would go to basketball at 5 30 in the morning in high school and then we would go to cross country at seven and then we would finish and go to the barn to take care of like the animals so like I think even 4-H just led to like the well roundedness yeah were you guys always pretty like go-getters or were you do you have to drag yourself out of bed to do these things or no and the only reason I'm shaking my head no is yes I do feel like me and Bethany are definitely wired this way and when you have another person like that um like you always even if there's one day you don't want to go Bethany's like come on we're going but Mm -hmm. I do feel like we're kind of instinctually wired like this and like with high energy and drive and the only reason I say that is because I always thought that was very normal. I always thought everybody was like that. But now that I'm in the adult working world, it is very evident that not everyone is like that. So it like makes us unique. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about like about this. Can that be taught? Or I, I think about it like when I'm thinking about potentially coaching in the future, like designing a culture that, I don't know, incentivizes and encourages people to like want to achieve their best like their best selves, like can't, how much can it be taught? How much is it wired? Do you guys think about that at all? I think it's a good balance. Um, Cause I think of it from my coaching standpoint too. Like I know the kids that are going to show up every day and be their best self. And I know the ones that aren't going to have the best attitudes and that doesn't typically change. Um, I do think a lot of it is wired and innate, um, but I think from the right coach, it can also 100% be instilled to a degree hmm yeah definitely I think like obviously it'd be very challenging to take a, a kid who's running like 24 minutes in the 5k and, and turn them into a state champion but I think you can design and develop a culture 
that encourages kids to be like the best version of themselves. And I think if you take that attitude into life as well, because you're always going to be surrounded by people that are, are better than you at this or that. But if you can, and I think that's kind of the beauty of running too. You can always be better than, than your past self. And that's really like all you can control. And I so, think, yeah, sorry to interrupt you. Um, oh, I ahead. think it's like really important to have, you know, that highest level of competitor who is like bringing the team along. And I think that's something Bethany and I were always really good at in high school and in our team sports. And I would say it was just like, well, one, we we're very competitive, but two, like we always work together. We kind of had that built in teamwork. So we always brought people with us. It was way more fun that way. Um, so I feel like it, it is something that can definitely be like share that drive, you know, by a good influence, like as a leader. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, so I'm like fairly type A as well, definitely a go-getter. And I think something I recognize in myself and I see in other like type A people that like, if you have that natural like drive, it's easy to like look at other people who maybe don't have it or aren't as driven as like less than or like. Maybe even if you could like explain your kind of context where you guys were definitely the best two on your team, like how were you able to not look down on your fellow runners and like, like you said, encourage them and bring them along? I think in the sense that they were literally our best friends. Um, mm -hmm. They're still our best friends. Like to this day, we don't talk as much, but we could, I could call them up if I needed anything, like the girls on our four by eight team. Um, but like to put it into context, when we got into high school, like it was normal for our cross country team to have like five to seven runners on the team. That's it. Um, so it's a really, really tight knit group. Um, I think our senior year when we got seventh at state as a team in cross, we had five girls under 20 minutes at some point in the season, which is wild for Eastern. Um, we had 99 kids in our graduating class. Like that's how wow. small it is. Um, but I think the friendship and the community piece is really what pieced it together in terms of success. Like we would spend our weekends, like going somewhere to do long runs together and then hanging out or like making cookies together. Like it was just the culture that was instilled with everyone. And like, uh, thankfully everyone hopped on that train and we didn't really have any like Debbie Downers or like someone that didn't want to be a part of it, but it, it was just so normal to us. And I think coming from a small school, we are a little naive in the sense that like, that's not the culture anywhere I or everywhere. I learned that very quickly in college. Mm. Um, but it was just like, we were there and we didn't care about anyone else or anything else. Like mm -hmm. it was just us every single day. Yeah. Where did that come from? Is it from you guys or from your coaches or? Um. I think some of like me and Bethany's just like teamwork and bringing people with us is also instinctual because I feel like we're both even now we're like helpers. We'd like to help and like help bring mm. people along. But our coaches also did like a great job of getting everyone bought in. Um, and like another fun fact is like I'm thinking my basketball. That's why we had a lot of success in basketballs. We had an awesome, awesome basketball coach and he had everybody bought in. Um, and so did our track and cross country coaches and we like helped lead the charge, but we actually had a different coach for cross country and track, which I feel like is uncommon. Oh. It's something that people don't know about us either. So I also think that really contributed to our kind of our multi-sports and just like compartmentalizing each sport. So we would have like fall with coach Mink and we would do our thing and do our long distance training. And then we would have basketball in the winter with coach Dexter. And then we would move on, um, to the spring with track with two different track coaches. Interesting. So yeah. were you guys' training the same or similar for cross country and track? 
No. No. And I'll let Bethany touch on this one. Yeah. Not at all. And I think that's why we're a little bit more successful in track, um, which is funny because our um, cross country coach was a a lot of the brains behind it. He had like a really long history for the love of the sport. He really studied the science behind it. Um, But we're also not long distance runners. Like if you see our times and our success, like we are truly middle distance runners. Um, So I think it's just natural. We were better and more competitive on the track. Um, But I think the team aspect of cross country really helped out a lot. And it really set the foundation for when track came, we had that base coming from cross country and basketball. Yeah. What was you guys' training like? Or what were some key differences between cross country and track? It was just a little bit higher mileage um, in cross country. And this is funny because in terms of higher mileage, I'm talking like 40 or 45 miles, like Mm -hmm. not a lot, especially in today's world. Um, The long runs were probably like a couple miles um, more, but in track, it was wild. It's so funny to look back on it because we were racing three times a week. Like that was very normal that we went to three meets. Um, and you're probably thinking in your head, like, how the heck do you gain any fitness that way? But that's like how those were our workouts or we would go do uh, longer tempos after we would race hurdles and a relay. So we just add stuff on to the meet day to kind of make it like a complete workout day. But the seasons looked totally different if you look at it on paper. Yeah. Yeah. And I will add that like in our basketball season, so our winter training, we would run before school every day, like just mileage, really, maybe some tempo runs, just get some mileage. And we only didn't run on game days, but our basketball practices, our basketball coach um, was really tough. And he was like very defense minded. So we would go practices where we wouldn't touch a basketball. And so we used to do this like drill where you would play basketball with a towel around your neck. So, or play defense with a towel around your neck. So you couldn't use your hands and foul. Mm. So we were like getting a workout at basketball. And we also ran all the time. We used to do free throws all the time. If you missed, you had to run. We did so many like running and defensive drills at basketball. So we, we really do contribute a lot of our speed from basketball, um, especially because the way we are coached in basketball. And then we would do our mileage um, before the school day. Mm. Something, another thing I think about a lot is that the 800 is, it's kind of a tweener event. It's probably a distance event. And this is kind of a big question, but if you had someone come to you who's like about to enter their freshman year of high school and said, I want to be the best 800 runner that's ever lived, what would you recommend they do? Like, would you have them run cross country? Would you have, and they could do like 800 specific training year round. They could play basketball if they wanted to. Do you have any like tips or anything you'd, you'd recommend to them? So I would definitely have them run cross country, but I'm just laughing because we'll get to this later. But my last year and a half at Indiana State, where I experienced a lot of success, I was training with the long sprinters. So I was training with 400 girls running 15 to 20 miles a week. And I Mm -hmm. like experienced my best collegiate success under that. So I like to think that it's definitely like, and I think that's why Bethany and I were really good 800 runners is because we had all that speed and we did do speed workouts. Obviously we had that base. We still did mileage. We did long runs and stuff, but we like consistently touched that speed. And that's something we got away from in our college careers, especially early. And like, we quickly were not performing up to the same level as our high school statistics. Hmm. I'd recommend in high school, do as many sports um, as possible if you're an 800 runner, but in college, do not run cross country. <laughs> yeah, college is a different story. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
How are you guys able to stay healthy doing all this or sane? (laughs) I know. I think that's the secret, honestly, to our success is one consistency. Like if you look at the stats year after year in high school, we're just consistently getting better a little bit more and then happen to make a huge jump our senior year. But secondly, uh, we neither of us were injured at all in high school, like maybe a little ankle twist here and there. Um, So In that sense, I think basketball, again, going back to it, really kept us healthy. Um, And then we always rested once a week. Like we were not overtrained at all. It was just like all fun and games and then show Mm. up and beat anyone that's on the course of the track and then do it again the next week. Hmm. Absolutely. Were you guys like doing anything post-workout to recover? Were you guys getting good sleep at this point? Like was there any like secret sauce to staying healthy? All of it. Um, we like loved ice baths. So we would do that. We were into, you know, doing glutes after practice, doing core, like everybody was bought in on it and all that. But I'm laughing because Bethany and I like were the biggest sleepers ever. And we like kind of still are to this day. We would go to bed. Like, what do you think, Beth? Like 830? Yeah, like probably nine. We like, this is no exaggeration. We slept for 10 hours a night when we were in high school. Hey. Like we slept, like we're big sleepers. And I feel like that's kind of why I'm like sleep a lot now compared to others is because I feel like we've always kind of been that way. Yeah. Do you guys nap? No, not Not at all. (laughs) Okay. Too much to get done. (laughs) And we're big coffee drinkers too. Oh, same. Um, So did you guys sleep because you knew it was helping with recovery or you just like just naturally enjoyed sleeping or? I think it was pretty natural because most of our families like this as well. Um, but like going back to the team aspect, it was just like a lifestyle. Like this is all very normal to us. It was like enjoyable and just what the only thing we knew. Hmm. Yeah, we definitely didn't know any better. And we like I said how we were kind of always on the go where we would like train for say in the winter, we would run our mileage before school, go to school, then you go to practice, then you would come home and, you know, eat dinner, take a shower, and then we would go to bed. And I like people at my work think this is so weird to this day, but like we didn't really grow up like being TV watchers or movie watchers. So it was like, once you get your stuff done, you kind of like went to bed. Um, so we would, you know, get everything done, all of that. And then you'd go to bed and I'm still kind of like this to this day. Once I like run out of stuff to do, I'm just like, okay, it's time to go to bed. Mm. Did you guys have any like hobbies or anything you did during the downtime? 4-H maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was like 4-H and sports and like, I, I know we haven't gotten into this yet, but, um, we like lived with my grandma through high school and kind of like growing up. Um, and my grandma was older at the time she was in her 60s. So we like in high school did most of the housework. We like helped my grandma a lot. So we were like doing that in the meantime too. And even like on Sundays, I was thinking of this when I was prepping for the podcast, we would set our alarm, get up on Sundays and do our long run. Then Bethany, um, me and my grandma would go to church and then she, my grandma cleaned houses for a living and she would on Sundays clean this like factory and she, it would take forever if it was just her. So every Sunday when we were in high school, we would do long run church and we would help my grandma clean a factory on Sunday afternoons. Wow. So we were just doing a lot. Yeah. No wonder it's easy to, to fall asleep. <laughs> so did you guys like always get along? Cause it seems like you probably were doing almost everything together. Was there any, any falling out or any? Uh, almost yeah. at IU our freshman year. 
Um, they really recommended that we do not room together in college, that they've seen it in the past with siblings and it didn't go well, but we insisted that we had to room together because we had shared a room for the 18 years prior and we about killed each other. <laughs> you know, we're great now. <laughs> Space is good. Yeah, for sure. So you guys obviously accomplished a lot um, during your time in high school. Is there any like favorite moment or favorite accomplishment that sticks out for either of you? Mine is the four by eight, like easily. I think Brittany might say the same thing as well. Um, but after looking back a little bit in the last couple of months of what it looked like, um, we broke the state record. We're the first team under nine minutes. And I, I don't even know if you're aware of this, but we were U.S. number one that year and then also um, ninth all time in U.S. history. So to put it into context, uh, we had run like 9-12 in the middle of the season at like Zionsville invite. We had just like got off the bus. We were running late to the meet, barely warmed up when we ran 9-12. We were like, that's faster than the state meet was one last year. Like we never ran the four by eight before our senior year. Um, so we we're like, all right, we can be pretty good at this. And then we went to regionals and we ran 9-01, which was faster than the state meet record just at like some random Fort Wayne regional. So I think, again, it goes back to like, we were pretty oblivious to like how good these times were, but running 8.53 at the state meet was like literally my favorite memory of running to this day. I still get chills if I watch the video or I look at it. Um, it was so much fun. So that's my favorite memory. And then my like fun fact or like interesting memory of high school that most people don't know is that I was a hurdler. Uh, so I ran the 100 hurdles and 300 hurdles at most meets. Um, I think it helped with the 800 a lot, but then it also helped when I wanted to transition to the steeplechase. Yeah. So did you, you did that because you wanted to, or did your coach ask you to, or how did that happen? I hurdled in middle school, so it was pretty organic. Um, I mm -hmm. loved the 300 hurdles. I thought they were so fun. Um, and we just needed points. And I, I ran the 300 hurdles at the state meet my senior year because we thought we could potentially be in the top two as a team and it's I still remember to this day it was like we had won the four by eight and I'd split 206 and I won the 1600 and I was like expected to show up to the 300 hurdles like an hour later and I was so excited after the two events that I came up on the wrong foot on the first hurdle it was a bad bad race but I was so excited from the races before that it like ruined that race <laughs> <laughs> But I think I still scored like one point for the team or something like that. That's crazy. What about you, Brittany? Mine would definitely be the four by eight. I think if you would have asked me when I was in high school, I would have said that I ran that my most exciting thing was that I ran 206 in high school, um, which was really exciting at the time, kind of to touch on what Beth said. Going into my senior year, I'd run 214. I was definitely a little bit of a late, later bloomer than Bethany. Um I, was, I had run 214 my junior year, and then going into my senior year, I ran 212 at the sectional meet to PR. So my PR was 212, and then, like, within six weeks, I had ran 206. Um, and, like, a couple weeks later, I had split 207 twice at the state meet. So that was, like, a huge accomplishment. But definitely looking back, the one that has stayed, like, the most, it's the record that stayed is the 4 by 8 And mm -hmm. that's just been so fun. Like, every year when the – state meet comes up we're always in our group message like kind of agging each other on like it's gonna make it another year and mm -hmm. that one is just like so special and it was so unexpected and it was just so fun um 
and like I know that that is our favorite one because a good example is like back in the fall I got a random phone call to um letting me know that me and Bethany had both been chosen to be inducted to the um, 2023 Indiana High School Track and Field Hall of Fame. And I was like, so excited. It was our first year becoming eligible next summer, 2023, because we will have been out of high school for 10 years. And I was so excited. And then I got a call the next day, like letting us know that the relay team had also been chosen and it would be the first female relay team ever inducted to the Hall of Fame which gives me like goosebumps now. And I was like excited about Bethany and I, um, but that was like a different level of excitement and just getting to call like the other relay team members and share that like with them. And I think Bethany and I have always been like big believers that like success is just so much sweeter when it's shared, which I feel like is kind of now why we like to, I just like like doing things with others and like helping and just being a part of like something with others really. That's awesome. So coming into the year, did you know that you also had two other members that could really lay down a fast time? I feel like that's pretty surprising given how small your school was. They were they were both two girls that had broken 20 minutes in cross country. One of them was in um, our grade. So we had been best friends with her leading up to that. Um, so there were three seniors on the team, but we had a freshman split 215 that year. So that was wow. like there's so many determining factors, but I think what a lot of people don't know, um, and still kind of mind blowing, um, when we ran 853, we had a girl split to 23 on it and we still ran 853. So like you can go through so many different scenarios in your head and be like, man, could we have broke like 850? But I mean, Brittany and I had the race of our lives. So it's kind mm -hmm. of organic and natural that someone else isn't. Um, if you watch the video, they butchered the handoff. It's like one of the worst handoffs <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Like there it's so bad. Um, but going back to your like initial question, no, like, I don't even think we knew we were going to run the four bay until we ran nine twelve at that Zionsville end by, we were like, we could actually be pretty good at this. Cause usually we would just really rely on the individual events to score the points. Yeah. Yes. And we like, we were never planning on running a four by eight. I don't know why that didn't go through anyone's mind. I think it was probably because we were folk. We like ran the four by four. We grew up in middle school and high school and like the four by four was our thing mm -hmm. and what we had always put in teams together for. But I think we had like went to Zion the Zionsville invite that year. And it was kind of like what individual events or what, ev what four events are we all going to do? And someone had the idea of let's put the four by eight together. And like Bethany is correct. We were like late to the meet, hardly warmed up and we ran nine <laughs> twelve. So then it kind of this light bulb went off of like, oh, I don't think we ever anticipated. I don't know if we anticipated winning, let alone like breaking the state record. Yeah. So heading into each season, did you guys spend a lot of time like goal setting and prepping for what you would do? Or did you kind of figure things out as you would go? Um, yeah. If you talk about that. I think both like internally, we were always big goal setters in terms of like, we just wanted to win state. Like that was the number one goal. We were never focused on time. Like, yeah, we wanted to PR from the time before, but like I would go into the 1600 at the state meet. I just wanted to win. I don't care if we jog until the last lap. Like all I do is want to win. And that's what I've noticed a lot differently from high schoolers today is they are so focused on time. And I'm really glad that we weren't um, because mm -hmm. once the times hit, it took so long to like register what they actually meant. And we weren't ever stuck on them. We were just there to like get a good workout in and win the race. And then thankfully that fitness just started compounding to when you were actually fresh at the state meet or the meets after the state meet. Hmm. So when you guys approached the race, like what, I guess, what was the biggest motivating factor? Did you want to win? 
did you want to, I don't know, I see you obviously said just now that you, the times weren't as big of a deal, but yeah, what kind of was the driving factor, the big motivation? It was always to win. That was always the goal, no matter what event you were in. So it was just like, do your job and your job is to win. Um, so we were like big in high school. We were like sit and kick. That was like the thing. When we, like, I mean, we nothing is serious when we like ran three meets um, a week. So it was just always like sit and kick and Bethany made like a good point earlier. And so we were always like sitting and kicking and, you know, doing like a little tempo run after. And we were just so naive at the time, but like Bethany said that like she would be at dual meets and sitting and kicking in the 1600, but she'd close in 30 seconds in the 200, which <laughs> is like insane. But at the time we like, we're just like, oh yeah, we kicked. We just had no idea what any of the times meant, but really mm. the driving factor was we wanted to win. Absolutely. And I think that competitive instinct probably came from like there being two of us because that's how we trained. We we're like very competitive. Yeah. What was your guys' training like together? Like, we did you do everything together? Was there a lot of competition within practice as well? No, not really, because Brittany was more of like an 800 runner and I was a 16. So, like, for example, maybe I do like a four mile tempo. Um, Brittany might do a four mile tempo, but we usually actually wouldn't do them together just because I had a little bit more of aerobic base. Um, or Brittany sometimes would do a little bit quicker workout and I would do a longer one, but we aren't competitive in the sense like we're, this is funny. Like we don't care if we beat each other. It's like everyone else on the court, um, in college, my best two cross country races, I finished two seconds behind Brittany in both of them. And I like brought it up to her a few weeks ago. I was like, how does this happen? And she was like, I outkicked you both times. <laughs> I don't even care though. I'm like, this is like comical at this point. Um, but we want to beat everyone else. But like, we're just like, we're like built in training partners. It was just a training partner. Nothing was like personal at all. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you go either two ways with that. Like, was there anything growing up that allowed you to be like cool with each other and never really have that, that division? I think like me and Bethany, since we, we like did experience some family like adversity as we were growing up through high school. And so we had like always relied on each other to get mm -hmm. through and to survive. And like, I think that's also, I don't want to get too deep on this is like why we've always wanted to win or why we've always had that like instinctual drive to be the best to excel is like, um, it was almost like a survival mode. Mm -hmm. I went to counseling over the years and like, she's always said that too. It's like, what was like innate, like instinctual to you? Cause we were just in the survival mode and always like taking care of one another. Um, and to follow off Bethany's like last answer is that like, Bethany was a much early bloomer in high school. I was like a much later bloomer compared to her. And another difference we always had is um, obviously we looked a ton alike, but Bethany was always way more aerobically built and I was way anaerobically built. So even if you look at us side by side in high school, we like had different body types. I was much more a sprinter and Bethany was like much more um, an aerobic distance runner. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, isn't it? It's always because I've been to counseling through the years and it's always interesting, like learning about yourself, you know, when someone like tells you like, and things just like click, it's like, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, is there anything else that we that we missed from your, your time in high school? Any big accomplishments? Anything you want to talk about? I'm all good. Yeah, I think I'm all good too. I think we focus a lot on senior year, but it really is the highlight of the high school career too. Yeah, absolutely. So heading into college, 
I guess first question, did you guys always know you wanted to run in college? Did you ever think about playing basketball in college? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll take this one. Um, I think like when I first read that question, I was like, oh yeah, it's a no brainer. That's what you do. You're good at running. That's what you do is you run in college. Um, I think it became like more serious for us. Maybe, you know, once we started climbing that like national level a little bit, but I actually was recruited to play basketball, like my junior year by some Missouri Valley schools. And I was just not interested in like the now like mm -hmm. example I always used is when I used to play basketball in high school, I, it was a great stress reliever from um, track and field and cross country, but like I had anger issues. Like I would get like, I would like had a temper and I would, I would get mad if I like couldn't make a free throw or make a shot. And I always left running and I was never mad. So like, it was kind of a no brainer. Like I didn't want to play basketball. I always like loved running and always felt good after I ran. For sure. I, so I actually played, I didn't play for the school ever. Well, I played in sixth and eighth grade, but I just played a ton of basketball for fun. And that, that is so true. Like depending on how you're shooting, how you're like just playing in general, like it really determines how you're like feeling about things. Yeah, I, I see. I feel like I was always so temperamental would be, I guess, a better word than anger issues in basketball. But I never had those experiences in track and cross country. Yeah, because there's just so much you can control in cross country. Like even if you do have a bad race, it's like fairly easy to look back on the days maybe leading up or even just your training and realize, OK, you know, I didn't sleep enough here. I didn't drink enough water here. Just way easier to control. Yeah, for country. sure. Yeah. So what were you guys thinking heading into college? So you ended up going to IU. Um, did you feel a lot of pressure having such a successful senior year? So I would say no to pressure. Like I, and Bethany like has reminded me of this recently is we were just so naive. So we were so naive of like our talent, our, like how well we were running. Um, but I would say we never felt any pressure in high school. We were always having so much fun. Um, we were always just focused on ourselves. Social media is worth noting that it wasn't really a thing when we were in high school, it was becoming a thing, but you couldn't see other people's trainings. Like, I mean, you could occasionally see the times, but we weren't focused on others. Um, and then it was always like a privilege to, to give back to our community in our small town of Freetown, something we take a lot of pride in. And it was like our success in sports. We always brought the town with us. So it was always a privilege kind of to compete instead of pressure. I think the pressure really um, came to the surface in college, I would say after our high school uh, success. Yeah. So how was the, the transition? Your freshman year, did things go well? Did you run well? How was the training? Things like that. Yeah, I, I will note too, I meant to say on your last one, a large part in our college process search also went to the fact that we were 21st century scholars. I don't know if you're aware of what that is, but it's like something your parents sign you up for when you're in eighth grade. If you qualify for like the income level and under, you get to go to school at any public school in Indiana for free. So the fact that we went to IU, we didn't go on any athletic money. Our entire um, college there, those two years was covered mm. by that 21st century scholars um, program. And I think that took the pressure off of it a little bit too. Like we used to joke, we're like the best bargains in like IU history. They didn't <laughs> <put> on us. <laughs> For sure. But no, I think the transition was actually initially like pretty easy. Um, I made the Pan Am junior games the summer after senior year. And I missed my first day of college because I was like in Columbia racing. And that was just like a weird transition in the sense, like you're trying to be fit on the track in August 
but you're expected to raise your first 6k like a a week later um but when i go back and look at training now like we were definitely overtrained initially but i think again like you're so excited to be with a new team like competing every day but you don't really realize at the time like the intensity level is on a different level than it was at high school and then even the easy runs are way harder than they used to be and i think you don't you just don't realize like you you need to recover at a much better pace than you can in high school yeah definitely did you ever question if you like really enjoyed running really loved running or that yeah did that ever cross your mind not until the end of college for me um I knew I always loved it but it was the only thing I ever knew as well um I did plan tear my planner my sophomore year of college and I think that was like a big eye-opener for me like am I actually happy in life without running or like happy at the school without running um but no, like I, I still love it to this day, but you know, running is always going to be like a love hate relationship <laughs> for sure. So that's, that's a pretty deep question to ask yourself. Like what, when you tear your, your plantar fascia, like what were the answers to those questions you're asking? Like, did that, did you really love it kind of thing? I think I did, but I was also like 20 years old at the time. Like I was getting like a part-time job, but our grandma had passed away unexpectedly that same fall um, after like being diagnosed with cancer seven weeks before. And we lived with her growing up until college. So I think like there are so many factors mm. that go into it. Um, and when maybe you don't have the support you need at the time, like it's really hard to process through all that. Like, like you said, going back to counseling, like that could be processed years down the road. You're just trying to like stay afloat at 20. Yeah, for sure. I feel like, something I'm always having to like check myself on being like pretty type A as well as like, do I really enjoy what I'm doing or do I just like want to be the best at it and I'm enjoying it because it's an avenue to like pursue that, you know, like, do I really love running or even like, even this, like, do I really enjoy podcasting? Like, why am I in it? What do I want to, cause I don't want to, I don't want to do something halfway, but I also don't want to like get too deep into something and realize like, I don't actually like this, you know? Bethany yeah. has asked me that about previous jobs of mine. She's like, sometimes I wonder, do you actually like it or are you just good at it? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and I was going to say, Josh, do you know what the Enneagram is? Yeah. Are you at Enneagram three? I think I'm two wing three. Okay. That's what Brittany is. I'm, I'm three wing two, which is like, like the high achiever. Like I get so much happiness and success from achieving things, checking off to-do lists and producing, um, which I've learned, like it makes sense now because I remember in college, like there would be breaks, like summer high school breaks where I would want to go do my double and Brittany like had no interest in doing it. And we would argue about it, but it's because Brittany is not like that high achiever initially. She's more of like the nurturer and the helper and like mm. the feeler. Um, but now it makes total sense. And just some of the things you said, it was like, you could be a three. Um, but okay. I, I wrestle with that question all the time, like, and especially in the workforce, I'm like, am I having a good day? Cause I'm actually being super productive or do I actually enjoy what I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. But then there's also like, if you don't, don't enjoy it initially, but you're in it just to get better at it. Like sometimes the like enjoyment follows too. So it's, it's a really tough thing to to juggle because I feel like I'm finding that at my job, like I'm in an accounting software uh, company and I don't really have too much of an accounting background and I didn't want to get into accounting, accounting particularly, but I found as I'm like getting better at it, 
I enjoy it a little bit more, but I don't know if, again, if that's just because I'm getting better at it, not because I actually enjoy it. It's a really <laughs> tough thing to, to juggle. What a, What is a two again? I, I've, it's been forever since I've taken the Enneagram. It's the nurturer and like helper and feeler. For sure. Are you, yeah. are you a big feeler? Yeah, I would say I'm a little sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> A little more more sensitive than Bethany. (laughs) Just very empathetic people. I feel like we can feel things really deeply, but I I think it is a lot of our like childhood and how we were raised too. Mm. Are you guys able to like do stuff if you don't want to do it? Like just like let's say you need to do the dishes or something. Like, are you able to do the dishes if like force yourself to do it, or how easy does that come? Oh yeah, I like run off a to do list. And even if it's in my head of like stuff that needs to be done around the house or at work, I, I feel like I'm like a little bit of an all or nothing person. So, I mean, I'll like work 12 hours if I have to, to get it all done. I'm not, I'm not good at doing the to-do list halfway. Mm. I'm like kind of anal, like I got to get it done or a good, great example. And Bethany hates this is when we're running errands, even if there's like six of them, I have to do all of them. Like when we're out running errands, cause we're like out and about already. Hmm. Interesting. See that that's where maybe that's where we're like different. I feel like like I need I need a why to do stuff. If I don't have that why, it's like really hard, hard for me to do it. Um yeah, so maybe that's where we're a little bit different. I also just do it so it'll get done like quickly. Yeah, for sure. Have you heard of like I think it's called like the two minute rule? Like mm-hmm. if you can anything, if you can do it in two minutes, just do it. It's <laughs> like because they like you're gonna have to do it eventually so might as well just do it now kind of thing well we also grew up like every time we've lived together we would just split everything like you do this you do this and I always joke like it takes two people to live my life and sometimes I'm serious (laughs) about it because I always want to do everything yeah that's funny what uh let's just I'll jump to the end for a second um what, what are you guys doing now what are you what's life look like it looks pretty similar, ironically. Um, I'm in Denver, Colorado. I moved here right when the pandemic started. Um, I had some teammates from NC State that lived here and I came to visit them. I quit my job 10 days later and moved here and I'm still here two and a half years later. So it's been awesome. If you haven't visited, please come. Um, but I work at a FinTech startup company in Denver called HomeBot. It is um, basically like a mortgage software that we sell to loan officers and agents. So that's my full-time job. And then I'm also currently the assistant cross-country and tracking and field coach at Valor Christian High School. Cool. Yeah, and I um, I live in Nashville. I've been here for about nine to 10 months now. I moved to Raleigh after I finished grad school um, to try to find a full-time job. Bethany was there after grad school. So we lived in Raleigh together for a little bit. She moved on to Denver. I spent a couple more years in Raleigh. And then I met my now fiance there. He, um, he is in the military. So he got stationed up in Clarksville. So we live in Nashville. We moved here in February and I'm working, um, same position as Bethany client success manager at, um, a financial kind of software company called Built Technologies, and they sell to construction lenders and um, construction companies. So it's been fun being back in Nashville. Um, 
I liked Raleigh, but it was difficult to get back to Indiana. It was difficult to get to Bethany. I was flying coast to coast and Nashville has been so great. I'm back in the Midwest. I call it the Midwest. Everyone here calls it the South, um, <laughs> which has been so fun. I'm like not far from Indy at all. The flights are so much quicker to Denver. So for me, Nashville is a great home base. And it's also was like kind of like my dream place to live through college. Yeah. Isn't Nashville maybe like the or one of the like fastest growing cities in the in the nation? Yeah, de- it definitely is. And Tennessee has no in- state income tax. So nice. Um, are you guys, what are you guys planning for the future? Like, where do you envision yourself maybe in five years or so? Oh, I hate that question because I'm such like a day-to-day person now. I've mm. tried to get rid of like the all or nothing mindset. Um, okay. I'd imagine that uh, somewhere down the road, we'll probably live closer together, especially when we start having kids. But five years from now, I think it just depends. I really love the startup world, but um, I also love the coaching world too. And it's just really hard to juggle both of them at once. So I think at some point, if I was like financially stable enough or settled down a little bit more, maybe I would coach full time, but I don't foresee that happening until maybe five years down the road. Okay. High school, college, anything? Um, Probably only high school. Yeah. I was a grad assistant at NC State or volunteer coach for a year. And I just I'll kind of removed from the college running scene. And I find a lot more fulfillment at the high school level for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I feel the same. I think for me, it's the, the kid who goes from 24 minutes to 18 minutes while they're in, in, co- or in high school. Like that's, you just don't have the opportunity to work with a kid like that in college, obviously. So that's, I don't know, I think it makes it worth it. What about you, Brittany? I am in the process of trying to get Bethany to move to Nashville. Um, <laughs> I work on that every day. Um, maybe <laughs> in the next year or two. Um, I'm really not sure. I see. I could see myself being in Nashville for a little while. My fiance is done in the military in, in about three years, but we really love Nashville. And like I said, it's close to home. He's, his parents actually live in Jasper, Indiana, um, okay. which is Southern Indiana. And it's only two and a half hours um, from where we live in North Nashville. So it's like a great distance. Nashville so centrally located. If I want to travel to Bethany or travel, um, no state income tax is great. The weather is great. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, when's the wedding? Uh, we're not sure actually. Um, probably going to look to do like a small destination wedding. So we're kind of basing it around his, um, work schedule. And we actually just moved into a house. We bought a house, went under contract for a new build house back in the summer. And we just moved in about a month ago. So we're kind of enjoying that avenue right now before we jump into like planning and saving for something else. Yeah. Do you feel settled down yet? Um, I finally do. And it's because one, we're into the house and two, I got a new job that I I like really enjoy, but you know, moving when you're adult is really hard. I moved in February and it was like very tough for like the first eight months. And Jacob was like gone some as I was like trying to make friends and trying to get out of a job that I wasn't enjoying and all that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, recently getting into the new house and a new job. And um, I started kind of traveling now that we're in the new house and through that process. So I'm getting to see Bethany more and something we like really love to do together now is travel. So that's cool. That's a lot of change at once. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it was really hard. at times. <laughs> it was really Sorry. rough in the summer. Yeah, cool. Um, So going back in time again, back to IU, uh, anything else to say about your time at IU? And then also 
I guess you, if you want to talk about transitioning to Indiana State and NC State, anything you want to say about that? Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Beth. I was just going to say, it feels like an eternity ago. Like I think we went back to IU like twice since then to go watch the state meet, but it just feels like so long ago. I had a great transition though, like talking about that. I ended up at NC State. I visited like five or six schools when I transferred, but it was just, it was tough at the time. I was injured. I would go on these visits. I couldn't run with the team. And I feel like that's a big part of like figuring out what the culture's like. Um, but I chose NC State because they had a female coach who was going to be a mentor outside of like actually writing the workouts. And that was like probably the number one priority uh, for me, especially after our grandma passed away. But secondly, they had sport management, which was what I started with at IU. I ended up getting my degree in NC State from um, at, from NC State in that and then got my grad degree in that too. So it was just a really good fit in that sense. And I think like to this day, everyone knows of NC State now because they're winning multiple national championships, but they were really good back then. Um, when I was on the team for cross country, I was telling Brett earlier, like I was 38 that ACC cross countries my um, senior year and I was a ninth runner on the team being 38. Like the depth was insane. They were top three um, at cross country nationals my three years there. But no one really talks about that because they just see them now. But I think it's like important to remember that like it was a really high level team back then as well. So I'm I'm so happy with my choice. I love Lori Hennis to this day. She was an incredible coach. Is it the same coach? Like today? Yeah, that's the best part. Actually, one of the reasons I chose it too is that every single staff member um, on the coaching staff at NC State ran for NC State. So it is like this blue collar mentality. It reminded me so much of our high school program. And I do think it's still like that to this day. Yeah. So you said a part of the reason you chose NC State was that like mentor relationship you had with your coach. Like what did that look like? She just had like, I kind of call it like an open door policy. Like she was so approachable, um, which I feel like sometimes uh, college coaches aren't like that. Like Maybe they've been in the game a long time or um, that's just like the way that they are where they write the workouts and maybe the assistant coach um, is more of like that mentor counselor. Like I think coaching is half like life coaching in general, (laughs) Um, but she was just so approachable. Like she would let Brittany come to practice and run with us when Brittany was in town. Like she met some of our high school coaches. Um, She's just like the most down to earth person, which doesn't surprise me on like why they get the recruits they get today. What about you, Brittany? What was the question, the original question? Was um, it like, Indiana State? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I think it's like important to like know, like at our t- IU timeline, when we went into our second year at IU prior to the transfer, knowing we were going to transfer, Bethany and I were like finding a lot of success in the cross country season. We were running one, two for them. I was running it as a redshirt freshman. Bethany was running it as a sophomore. Um, So we had really found a lot of success kind of after we had gotten through that initial freshman year training shock. And then, like, as we mentioned earlier, we, like, lived with my grandma um, largely growing up. And my grandma, like, unexpectedly passed away from cancer during our sophomore year. And not only did she pass away, um, the house that we grew up in, my family sold it within like seven days of her passing away. And this is no exaggeration a week. So Bethany and I were in the middle of our cross country season. We were about to leave for the Wisconsin meet, I want to say. Yeah, for the me and Madison, the middle season one. And we got a call that my grandma had passed away. So we are like quickly making our way back up to Howard County 
just to see my family. And then we get on a bus and like go to Madison. So, you know, life is just happening so fast then. And then we come home to my grandma's like funeral and the house is sold within seven days. So it was just like traumatic. I mean, even later, not, it was at the time, but it got worse as it went on. Um, yeah. So then we go into, you know, our indoor and outdoor seasons, Bethany's getting injured. We're like having a hard time coping, like mental health is struggling. And that was when it was like really time to make a change because a large reason that we had chose to stay at IU in the first place was to be close to my grandma, was mm-hmm. to stay home and be close to my grandma. So Bethany knew that she was transferring in February of that year. Um, when she was dealing with an injury and I had gotten to May that year and had quit the team and was undecided if I was going to come back to IU and finish my undergraduate degree because it wasn't that far off. And then, or if I was going to transfer, um, my first visit I took was to Indiana state right down the road and our high school mentor, Kyle Walsh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him or not. Um, he is from like where we grew up in the area. He had actually taken, he coached Jackson Bertoli at Terre Haute South, um, but he had taken the Indiana state women's job like months prior. So I'm like, I'm just going to take a visit. Walsh is there. And I just committed on the trip because at in May, at the end of a school year, everybody was out of scholarship money. And again, like falling back on this 21st century scholar. If I went to an Indiana public school, I would go Mm -hmm. for free. So I took my visit to Indiana State. It was very blue collar. It's very, very, very different than IU. And I committed on the spot to go there. Wow. I appreciate you open up about uh, everything that went on. So how was, for each of you, how was the transition um, away from IU to new, maybe new training, new coaching, new school? I think that's, and then everything that's going on in your personal life too. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, I think are like my trend we kind of had different college like experiences moving forward since we were at different schools and like Bethany was coping with injury I wasn't um my transition was good I like it was great you know I had my high school mentor Walsh who was coaching me and all that I was enjoying going to a smaller school a lot um and then I was really feeling like back on my feet again that winter that I had first got there kind of recovering um from some of the burnout, like I had experienced and kind of really getting back on my feet and getting in shape again. I had ran low 450s that winter and I was like really starting to feel like myself. And I remember telling Kyle Walsh that like, oh my gosh, it was February of my first year. I'm really starting to feel like myself again as we're like on our way to the indoor conference championships. And like, it was really the first time I had felt like myself since my grandma had passed away and me and Bethany had split up. And when I was at the indoor conference championships, I got a phone call that morning that my grandpa had unexpectedly passed away. So I know I get a little emotional talking about it. So it was just like a lot for like any 20 something year old. And so really from that path forward, it I kind of fell off the horse again and had a really mm-hmm. hard time coping with it. And I was at Indiana State where there were like way more distractions, mm-hmm. um, college distractions. So I would say I definitely fell off that running horse again and was running horrendous. It was like not a focus at all, but to kind of like wrap up my college career. My last year and a half, I actually transitioned to train with the long sprinters at Indiana State under Angie Martin and found so much success under that. It really was like the highlight of my college career. I, um, started to feel like my high school self again. It was so much speed. I was running 15 to 20 miles a week. It was so fun. I was training with the 200 (laughs) and 400 and really like my body, 
I learned quickly that was what my body like responded well to. So I was really proud. My senior fifth year, I was able to get back into 205 shape. And that was really all I wanted out of my college <laughs> career at that point was to get back to my high school self because it really never felt possible. So I went on there. I'm number two in school history in the eight, 15 and four by four and like anchored the four by four my senior year. So it was a lot, but I was happy to end, end it on a good note. And I, I did have a great experience at Indiana State. Yeah. Was there anything that kept you going during this time, like in particular? Um, I think the only thing that kept me going was switching to the long sprinting group, really. Um, going under a female coach was highly beneficial for me. It was someone who was really like relatable. And Angie was so great. She was a very like positive reinforcement. She was like so nice. She did individualized training. I mean, I really like credit a lot of my success to her. Um, so like slowly but surely I started to like really get back into that shape and then you start to touch it again and it kind of starts to come back like, oh wait, maybe like I can do this. So I really just found switching to that kind of training and like we I was just having so much fun again. And like, and when I say that type of training, no exaggeration, like I would do a lot, like the sprinters would take the weekend off, but I would do a long run um, with like some of the 800 males on Sundays. And then we would do like workouts on Monday and Wednesdays. And then Tuesdays and Thursday, we, we would spend an hour doing like sprinting drills and plyometrics. Mm. So that's what the sprinters would do on those days. And then they would like get to go home or go to the weight room. And so I would do it with them. And then I would go do my um, like easy run, I would say. Mm, interesting. Yeah. How was, was it be- really fun. How was it being away from Bethany for the first time? Um, now it's kind of hard to answer that because now we're used to living apart. So I'm like, oh, it was mm-hmm. fine. But I think it was really hard. We were both homesick, but it was kind of what we needed to do for both of us. But we are like, we've been big travelers, I feel like, since we were younger. And um we would visit each other like all the time. Mm, okay. <laughs> And we would see each other at meets sometimes. And like, like she said, both of our coaching staffs were so like welcoming. So Bethany would like come for her fall break and she would train with us. She would go on the easy runs and vice versa. Lori would let me come to practice and do hill sprints with them. And like, so our coaches were very open to that. And they, I think they had a great relationship too. Yeah. So let's say I made you the head coach of a high school 800 meter runner. (laughs) Would you, do you think you'd apply like almost everything you did with the long sprinters to, to that. Yeah, for sure. And like I say it long sprinters and I was only running 15 to 20 miles a week, but I was still doing easy runs like five miles. But the difference was when I was a long sprinter, I wouldn't do high mileage and slow. I had so much fast switch and so much turnover. I really got that turnover back, which is something I hadn't had since high school is I would run like those easy runs or my long runs at seven minute pace. So they were just like highly efficient. But yeah, I just love that training too. And like, I'm a little biased for it. It's always made me feel so good. I never got injured under it. Like you get, when you, at, at least when I do, when I train anaerobically, I get endorphins. Mm. This is training kind of wears me out. I think it's just the way <laughs> I'm physiologically built, but. <laughs> for sure. What about you, Bethany? In terms of. How uh, I would... tr- Sorry, say it again. In terms of how I would train an 800 runner. Oh, well, if you want to answer that, you can, but more just broadly, like how was your transition to NC State? How was uh, different training, new school, all that good stuff? Yeah, Brittany and I's like college experiences were so different. Um, I came in injured still. Like I was like 
still healing, but like incredibly out of shape. And I like will stand by this to this day. I feel like being out of shape is worse than being injured. Like it's just like crawling (laughs) back. It's so painful and it's not enjoyable. (laughs) Um, But I just never really clicked after like tearing my planner. I had some health issues. That's when I found out I was allergic to gluten. Like my body was just not responding well. Like it would respond well for a couple months and then I wouldn't feel great. Um, But I I loved the training aspect at NC State. And that's where I realized I don't really love competing anymore. I would get anxious before races. And I'm like, I don't really want to be here, which is so weird because like we used to be such big competitors. Um, Mm -hmm but I fell in love with the process. Um, the training's very, like, I think this surprises a lot of people. It's very normal at NC state. There's nothing crazy that's happening. Uh, we take, we would take off Sundays, which was really nice. And I felt like my body needed that you could cross train another day. There'd be like a long interval day and then maybe a speed day. Um, but it was pretty normal, like nothing out of touch. And I think that's all I needed was to just kind of like start pounding the miles again and like get that fitness, um, back. I think they really wanted to turn me into a steeplechaser after I ran pretty fast my senior year of high school. Um, Mm -hmm. but I never really had that fitness in order to be good at the steeple. You got to be good at like the flat 3k or mile or 5k first. I didn't Mm -hmm. really have that initial fitness. So it just made the steeple pretty difficult. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever feel that like race anxiety in high school like that you didn't want to race? You didn't want to be here? Never. Um, no. Maybe like, you know, where you're teetering the line of like nerve slash anxiety, but you're not mm-hmm. overriding that line. Um, never. Like it was like, as soon as the gun went off, like nothing else mattered, um, mm-hmm. which I still believe that to this day, like even in any race, like as soon as the gun goes off, all the thoughts go away. Um but no. And I think a big factor to that too, is like, we were pretty rested in high school. We weren't overtrained, Like we weren't doing crazy mileage. So we felt good pretty much all the time. And I think that's a huge difference between high school and um, college training is like, you're expected to race on tired legs a lot. And that was the case at IU pretty frequently. And I just never knew that feeling before. And that it certainly doesn't help your confidence levels either. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was you guys' favorite, or I guess, yeah, your favorite accomplishment during your time in college? And is there anything we like didn't talk about that maybe sticks out and you want to bring up? Mine would be ACCs again in cross country. Like the year that I said I was ninth on the team, even though I was 38th at ACCs. Like it was just a good end to like what had been a very rocky cross country career or college career in general. Um, but when you win ACCs, you know, you get the shirt, you get the trophy, you get like the flat bill hat. Um, it was it, it was in Louisville. So Louisville slugger like gave us bats. So it was like, you were coming home with like all this swag. So it was just a really (laughs) fun time to be a part of that and actually be on the podium versus watching, um, from the sides. Yeah. Um, something I would add for your last question, Bethany, just reminded me is I, I feel like something that really got me out of the hole I was in in college and at Indiana state was being part of a team again. And Mm -hmm. so when we were at IU, we weren't, our teams weren't necessarily like competitive in the big 10. Um, but when I was at Indiana state, they were consistently like vying for that Missouri Valley title. So that was something that really also got me out of the hole that I was in was when I went over to that long sprinters group as I got to train with a lot of people and I would get to represent the long sprinters group when I would go run the eight and 15, which like none of them were running, they were running like four by one, one and two. Um, 
and then being part of the four by four again and like just being part of that team and that winning environment was like highly beneficial again it kind of brought us back brought me back to the high school days but my biggest accomplishment um in college would definitely be getting back to those high school times that you know felt so far off and unattainable and then really probably my biggest accomplishment would be my senior year I won the 800 and 1500 at the uh, Missouri Valley Championships and had won the double, which isn't done often. And I had won the 1500 to begin with. And I was going up against a girl who had run 204 and I beat her on the double um, when she was fresh, which she's like actually one of my best friends today. I was just texting <laughs> her this morning. But that was really special to me and just getting back to that high school time. And I went to regionals that year and I was a couple spots out of making nationals. But I remember not even really being that disappointed because I think my like maybe I didn't know it at the time, but my like ultimate goal was just to get back to where I was and to prove to myself that I could do that again. Cause I think mm. I had, you know, a lot of people had written it off. Yeah. Is it, it's kind of strange getting to that point in your like athletic career where you're kind of just doing it for yourself and like you, you care for sure, but you don't care as much as you did, you know? Yeah. So I don't like in general, I do not like enjoy working out alone. Like even to this day, like if you ask me if I still run, I don't run that often. And it's because I don't want to go run by myself. Maybe when Bethany's here, we'll go run. But I just, like I said earlier, like success is like sweeter when it's shared. And I like enjoy doing things with others. I'm definitely like wired socially. So like, even now I find that I go to like more group fitness classes where you get to like do it with others. And one, you're like told what to do. Yeah. So I find a lot more joy in that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So upon graduation, like you guys are now out in the real world. What was it like not being a part of like an organized team for the first time and not having that like structure? A lot. <laughs> I think everyone, I heard this once in your twenties that no one tells you until after, but like your first year out of college is awful. And Brittany, <laughs> Brittany had moved to Raleigh though. So it was so fun. We were like roommates again, but like about to kill each other, like five or six years after, um, but I think we did struggle a little bit. Like you're trying to make money for the first time and like pay your bills. Like you're not on scholarship. Um, and then you're, I think like a lot of people don't talk about like that relationship with exercise or fitness or what that looks like. Cause I, I did a half marathon like the year after, because I still felt like I needed to like be competitive a little bit. And I am not like that whatsoever anymore. <laughs> um, I just like to move my body. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a big transition. Even I felt like personally, I was really prepared for it. Like I did my thesis in grad school on like the female or holistic wellness for a female athlete in college. And I, I'd seen all this research and I still struggled. So I think you just have to give yourself a lot of grace in like those couple of years now, like we're towards our upper we're 28, um, like nearing close to like 30 at this point. And like, I just feel like we're so much more stable in like our careers, our lives, ourselves. It's not all that like random stress when you're like 23 or 24. Yeah. Is there anything I guess knowing what you know now, is there anything you'd go back and tell your 20 year old self? I think that like probably these like high schoolers, and I hear this from Bethany coaching and like these college um, students are just having like even a different experience than we were because of the role that social media is like playing. So sure. I would say just enjoy the ride because the stressors are going to be uh, a lot more intense, like after school, like my biggest stressor in college was literally like nailing the workout on a day. And like, I would, 
die to like go back and that would be my biggest stressor in the adult world. <laughs> Why I don't really want to do a hard workout. I'm like, that was, that sounds kind of nice. Um, <laughs> sometimes we're like, we wish we could just like get paid to go work out again. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get up for work. <laughs> yep. What did you guys like coming out of college? Where did you envision you'd be now then? That makes sense. I thought I would be working in college athletics. Like both my degrees would say that. And I quickly realized like, I don't want to do that. Um, So I'm so happy where I am. I love the flexibility um, autonomy I have in my life. Um, I don't, I realized that you can still love sport or love running and not have to do it as like a day-to-day job or a full-time job. So I found so much joy in that and I don't regret anything. Hmm. Yeah. I like, that's like I'm a horrible person now because I feel like when I was coming out of school I had gotten my undergraduate degree in psychology because I had transferred in and that's like where the credits went to um graduate the quickest at Indiana State I got my master's in public health I didn't like it I hated the like master's program because I didn't I didn't want to do something in public health like I enjoyed it it was okay I guess I like statistics so I had no idea what I was going to do I had no career path I didn't know where I was going to live so I don't even know what I would like had vision my like upper 20 self to be. But, you know, I moved like to Bethany and I found like a lot of stability in like that tech or real estate world. So I found stability in my career, in my relationship and, you know, living in Nashville. So I definitely wouldn't change anything, but I was lost coming out of college. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel pretty similar. Like I, I knew who I was. I knew like what I was good at but I didn't exactly know how that like translated to like the real world, if you will. Yeah. And then I was like a college student too, like as an athlete for us, I mine wasn't like, or Bethany might've had a different experience, but I wasn't like super equipped for like a career or like the real world, or I like hadn't done internships and really like been in like, yeah, on that path really. And then I kind of postponed like working a little bit after school to try to run a little bit or to finish up my master. So it was like, I was just like kind of postponing really starting to work and like find out what I want to do and like make money, but eventually get to that spot where you're like, I need to make money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it, if I went back and told my like 20 or 21 year old self, like one piece of advice, I think it would be like to keep going. Like you don't have to have it all figured out. Just like keep moving forward and things will start to like fall into place. Um, Cause like, I, I don't know, like I'm really enjoying life right now. I'm enjoying doing this podcast, doing coaching. My day job is good enough for now. Um, but I, I don't think going back that I would jump right into this, you know, right out of college. I think the, the career path I've taken has taught me different lessons. You know, the people I've met, the places I've been, like it, the whole journey has been, I don't know, each piece of it has contributed to like who I am now, what I'm, what I'm doing now. For sure. Yeah. I thought you made a great point, Josh, too, that you can be like multi-passionate. I always call myself multi-passionate. Whereas like when you come from the running world, you're so tunnel visioned and like, that's all you can see. But once you are done with that and you've closed that chapter, like I'm so, I feel like our day-to-day is probably pretty similar, like with our careers and then coaching. Um, I love kind of like having my eggs in like multiple baskets as an adult, um, where I don't put this like big pressure to be this one person in this or this, like I just show up every person in every different spot of life sees me differently, but I actually really love that. Absolutely. I think what I found like the hardest part about being that is not letting it spill over too much. 
so like I'll be at work and I'm it's a little bit slow. So I'm working on podcast stuff or like I'm with friends and I'm thinking about coaching, like trying to keep it not as like car like not completely car compartmentalized, but yeah, not letting it bleed over too much. Like doing each thing well, I feel like it's key. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Very but hard. mindful practice is hard. And something I would add to what you said earlier too is like I feel like you do once you get out of school and stop running, you have those ups and downs, but like, as like Bethany and I have been able to find kind of that middle ground and stability, like the last couple of years is like, you find what made you successful at running. Um, it's like some, the same attributes that make you successful in your career or your adult life and all of that. And like, I just recently interviewed for the new job I started a couple of months ago and they kind of just like, were asking me questions about that. Like, what did you take from being a collegiate athlete, a high school runner? What's your, um, best accomplishment. And at the time I just found out about the hall of fame induction. So I was just touching on that. And like, I feel like that's something that employers have really, really, most employers really love is like when they get a former athlete because of those reasons. Yeah, for sure. Isn't the interview process the worst? Oh, I, now that like, I kind of want to refer you to my job now that I I know what you do, but (laughs) the interview process is difficult. Yeah. It's like, I know who I am and like, I think I would be good at this job, but communicating that is just like, and on the spot too. It's, it's tough. Well, and you know, you're good at it, but you're, they make you question like, wait, am I good at this? I yeah. am going to add you on LinkedIn after this though. All right. Did it. <laughs> nice. Um, okay. So we're, I'm going to ask you some questions about the theme. Um, so like the past couple of weeks I've been uh, putting like an intro to the podcast saying like reach out if you want if you see, if you have any ideas of like changes or things to be added to the podcast and a couple people have said that they want wanted someone to talk about uh, like balancing multiple sports in high school so that's kind of where I, how I landed on this theme with you guys but yeah so we'll we'll dive into a couple of these questions so one a little I don't know an easy one to start but it seems like between the both of you you've run like every event there's there is possible do you guys have a favorite uh mine's the four by four easily like there is nothing adrenaline wise that compares to the four by four I just think it's so much fun I didn't really get to run it in college um in high school Brittany used to hand or I would hand the baton off to Brittany or like vice versa um and the fact that it just ends the event just like hypes it up that much more or it ends the meet I mean Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Bethany used to run second. So like at the state meet and stuff, like we would run the four by eight and it would, I would run third and Bethany would anchor. And in the four by four, we would run her second. So she'd be the one that cut over and she would just like get it, get the baton from behind and run, like just pass everyone. <laughs> That's probably why you loved it. Cause you were in second. Um, <laughs> my favorite event is definitely the 800 finding that love for it again in college. Um, I was, decent at the 1500 like I'd run some good times in the 1500 in college but I always remember it being just like so painful like so painful Mm -hmm. um yeah and then it's funny when people like it's like the million dollar question like what event did you run in track and I tell them the 800 and you always get the same response like oh my gosh I ran the 800 once in middle (laughs) school it was so hard but I still remember the time that I ran in the 800 in middle school yeah (laughs) Okay, is it just me? But I actually thought the 400 was harder. Like I, the way I approached the 800 and that was like kind of my event too, was I would take the first lap like kind of comfortably hard. Like I, I'm obviously going hard, but 
like it wasn't too bad and then like hammer the last lap so it was almost like a delayed 400 i I didn't i didn't find it that hard like people say (laughs) i think it's the distance runners because they're they're not Mm -hmm. used to like feeling that um lactic acid i never found the 400 like obviously it was hard but (laughs) i found like it was hard to like push your like to get to that top end speed and like hold it like because i would have to like work up to it you know being a little bit more distance heavy for like a, a long sprinter but I also like I really loved the four by four in college. It was so fun. For sure. So having as much success as you did in running, but then also in basketball, were there any keys to maybe time management? How did you like dedicate your time? Like how were you able to get as good as you were at running, but then also basketball and then time management? Yeah. Anything you want to say about juggling those two sports? I think just being present in the season that you're in. Um, we never missed a basketball practice. Like our coach would have killed us. Um, <laughs> so whether that was like most mornings we were in the running at 6 a.m. in the dark. Um, so it was really just being really intentional about your schedule. And that was the only time in the day that it was available. Uh, thankfully, we had a PE teacher our first period who's like now like our aunt. She lived 400 meters down the road growing up. So we'd go use our treadmill when it was snowing outside. So she would let us like, do our workout kind of into first period. So that helped. Um, but being like present in the season you're in while still doing the training on the back end. Um, I wrote down, like when I was prepping for this podcast, uh, an example week when it's the first week of January of 2013. So that was like our best spring ever. Um, and when I look at the workouts, like it was like a speed workout on Monday, easy run on Tuesday, a four mile tempo on Wednesday, Game day on Thursday, game day was rest day in our mind, even though like certainly wasn't rest. Um, Friday was like an easy run. Saturday was game day and Sunday was a long run. So like, it's very obvious when I look back at the training, even like 10 years removed, like we were really fit. We just didn't know it. Like it was just the normal for us. So I would just be like encouraged, like that and then also like keeping record of your workouts and your training like I never knew I was going to coach high school cross country 10 years ago but the fact that I'm able to like even show these workouts to my head coach now um it's so interesting to look back and start comparing things Mm. yeah and I would add just like I mean that was my first thought exactly what Bethany said was just be present in what you're doing but just being really disciplined so um we have really our coaches had really instilled this in us, but it was like giving 110%. So it's not like we ran a ton. I mean, we were very disciplined, but when we ran, we were like very, um, very disciplined about it. At basketball practice, we were there for an hour and a half or two hours, but we were, when we were there, we were there, we were very disciplined. And so just taking advantage of, you know, those practices that you have in the seasons that you're in. And like, as Bethany said, it does sound like, you know, high schoolers have gotten away from being those like three sport athletes and have like specialized or they're specializing at a younger age. But like, I think it's worth noting that we're seeing like Gretchen Farley having a lot of success at Park Tudor, a soccer player. I think it just came up on my Twitter that she like hit her a thousand points. It's like exciting to see that. And we ran with her older sister, Abby, when we were in high school. That's right. It's a small world. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think that like the Farleys were like that too, where they're multiple sport athletes. They're very like strong, physically, very healthy. That was a good thing about like playing three sports. It kept us like very healthy and all of that. So they're like another great example. Yeah. So my freshman year, I was, I actually almost, I almost played football um, instead of ran. 
I got, I'm also maybe a little more athletic than your average runner. It's like, maybe I should make use of this athleticism a little bit. Um, for, so for someone like me, who's maybe they're in the process of making that decision or they, that's coming up where they're trying to decide, should I run? Should I just run? Should I play three sports, two sports? Um, if you think back to yourselves, like heading into high school, um, how were you able to make the decision to drop softball then also to to keep playing basketball or some things you guys considered nice cat i don't I, I know teddy's making appearance um i really don't feel like it was ever a question that we weren't gonna like play three sports it's just kind of what we did we were good basketball players too so there was never a question that we like weren't gonna do that and all of that and also when you come from a smaller school it is kind of what you do my fiance uh, went to a small school in Illinois, same thing. It's like what you did. So like, and you did it with your friends. So your friends played all the sports too. And then the summer, like you played the sport. Mm. That's what I was going to say too, Brett. I think the school plays the biggest part in it. Like we probably could have played five sports and they wouldn't care because every coach knows each other. And that's just the norm. Whereas the high school I coach at now um, is a 5A Christian school. Like no one's doubling two sports. And I actually don't think the coaches would allow it if someone wanted to. So I think it was just like that unique situation. But in terms of like choosing, um, I think you should choose the one that brings you the most joy, um, not the one that you're the best at. Um, because if you're the best at it and you show up every day and don't enjoy it, I, I don't know how well you're going to compete. Mm, that's good. Those are So those are kind of the two big questions I had because we covered a lot of the other things I was going to bring up throughout our discussion, but is there anything else you guys um, want to mention or talk about regarding this theme, like juggling multiple sports, being good at all, all three or two? Um, yeah, is there anything that comes to mind on this topic? I would just say like it, it benefits you more than you think it does. Cause I remember in high school, like we probably thought at the time that basketball was actually like, hindering our track season because people got to do a little bit of indoor they were maybe running a little bit faster in December January but then we were ready to go come May and June so in terms of like the timeline of the winter sport I'd encourage it like fully if you're still thinking about running on the back end and like preparing for it not like going MIA for three to four months and then expecting to be really fit come the spring. Um, but I think if you can change your mindset around it and see that it really is a blessing in disguise, I wish I would have known in high school or even going into college initially, how much being a multi-sport athlete really contributed to our success. Mm. Anything you'd add, Brittany? No, I think Bethany answered it perfectly. Nice. Um, so Bethany, you're coaching now, correct? You're an assistant? I am, yeah. How how's that been? I've loved it. Um, it's my third cross country season. So I came in like right after the pandemic or mid-pandemic. Um, but I'm so biased in the sense that like I love my kids, but I, I walked into a program that had just graduated Cole Sprout, who was the national runner of the year the year before. I had no idea. I didn't know what Valor was before I moved to Denver. Um, so I really think it was like a God thing. Like I got plugged in with the right people at the right time. Um, and it's just been like such a blessing. And like you mentioned before, like I had a couple Indiana runners come in at the same time. So it almost felt like the sense of home, mm. uh, initially when I really didn't know that many people in Denver at the time. Yeah. How'd the opportunity come about? Did you just reach out to a random high school or 
This is so funny. I was thinking about this this morning and Brittany, you probably don't even remember this. Um, I went on a date with someone who lived in Highlands Ranch, which is the suburb that Valor's at. And he was like, hey, if I have kids one day, like I want to send them to the school, like you should look at coaching at the school. Because when I moved to Denver, I was jobless and I knew I wanted to get back into coaching, but I was just looking for a job. Like I was looking at random, like inner city Denver schools. I didn't know anything about the city or like the geography or anything. So he told me that. So I I found the coach's email. I reached out to him. He met me for coffee the next morning and hired me on the spot. So it was really cool. It's a Christian school. Like the community and the culture is just amazing. So I'm telling you, like, I would not still be coaching this day if I was not at Valor. Mm. Did you know, so you said you knew you wanted to get back into coaching when you, or get into coaching when you moved out to Denver? Yeah. And I just thought of it as like a passion project. Um, I wasn't liking my job at the time. So I was like, if I don't like that, at least I have something to look forward to. Now it's getting significantly harder to juggle that I'm farther in my career. Um, it just takes more t- time and energy. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing. Like the best kids in the world. Like I'm so lucky. That's awesome. Cool. Well, we're uh, kind of approaching two hours. It's been uh, it's been awesome. Um, is there anything else you guys wanted to to say before we wrap up? Anything you wanted to talk about or yeah, bring up? I feel like we've really covered it all. What about you, Bethany? The only thing I was going to say is like, we love giving back to the running world. And like, yes, I love giving back in Colorado, um, but I love giving back to Indiana running significantly more. Um, We were able to like talk to the Warsaw girls last year. Um, So I was just saying like, if anyone like wants us to talk to their team or like reach out, I love talking to high school runners and just like giving a different perspective. Um, And it just means more when it's someone from the state of Indiana. For sure. And I could, I'll add your guys' contact information to the show notes um, and then also post it on, on Indiana Runner. So yeah, if anyone's out there that wants to reach out, that'd, that'd be awesome. Appreciate you guys offering that. It's a good idea, Bethany. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Anything else? I'm good. Thanks for having us. This was really enjoyable. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Thank you so much. It was fun to kind of take that walk down memory lane. We don't get too often sometimes I forget that was a part of my life but it seems like we've gotten to kind of more frequently now as we're prepping for these hall of fame inductions and now this podcast so it's been fun to revisit those times yeah what is the the hall of fame what all does that entail um it's like a ceremony next summer but we're a little past due on getting our bios and photos <laughs> submitted so we're in crunch time of getting that submitted for both of our individual inductions and then for the relay team I think okay. it is just like a ceremony dinner and then they put something in the museum that's in Terre Haute. I don't think either of us um, have ever been to the museum, but ironically, um, Abby Farley is the other female getting inducted. So it's oh, just nice. going to be like a really fun reunion, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Just another excuse for us to go back to Indiana. We don't like make it back very often now, especially since we kind of travel to each other. Instead, I'll go to Denver. She'll go to Nashville and kind of instead of meeting in Indy. So it'll be fun. It gives us an excuse to go back to Indy next summer. We'll tear Haute next summer. And then an excuse for the relay team to get together. And then all of our families too. That's cool. Is it weird to think you guys are 10 years removed from high school? Um, I feel like we're hearing, yes, it was at first, but now we're starting to hear more about like the hall of fame inductions or our high school 
recently wanted us to go back for a basketball game. So I feel like we're kind of prepping for that next like 10 year mark. But yeah, we're hoping to kind of make it back to the state meet if we can with the relay team uh, too, since we do still, it's one of the only records we still hold. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is another random question, but do you guys feel old? I actually was just telling this to someone at work. I don't feel old. Um, maybe if I see high schoolers, yeah. But like I I just started a new job with a girl that's 24 and I'm like, no, and I don't feel old, but I have friends that are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're turning 28. It's approaching 30. I I don't have that mindset at all. Yeah. I don't feel like young and like my life is like ahead of me. And like I I feel like I have freedom to do like how like what I place. For sure. I, I feel the same way. I think 30, 30 is going to be weird because I'm, I'm turning 27 next month. So I'm, I'm creeping up on it as well. I think so. I pretty much the only reason I run still is to run with the team. And there were like four different instances where I like hurt my IT band or hurt my knee during the season, which is like the first, really the first time I've like had significant injuries. And like, I think similarly, I don't feel that old, but I don't know, seeing them like race so much, run so much and just bounce back like it's nothing. Like it's like, oh man, I'm definitely not as young as I once was, but. Oh yeah, I feel it physically. I've had to like take a break from the gym recently just because like lower back, knees, which (laughs) is not something that I normally experience. Yeah. And I hate having to like stretch before doing stuff too. Like it's just such (laughs) an old man move, you know, but. It's mandatory. Josh, do you get, um, do people think that you're one of the kids on the team? Cause that happens to me pretty frequently. Not as much cause of the beard, but okay. there, there was one kid, um, who thought I was in high school, but yeah, not, not as much. So <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a compliment though, I guess maybe. I'm like, if you think I look young, like, what do you think I looked like when I was in high school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks again, thanks again for doing this. This was a ton of fun. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Awesome. Until next time, everybody, it's been the Indiana.